All right. And I guarantee you, I don't care how conservative your church is. You have Democrats in your church and I don't care how liberal your church is. You have conservatives in your church. Um, And for a pastor to get involved in politics is divisive within the church. Hello and welcome to another episode of Law and Church, a podcast for church leaders. My name is Brian Fitton. I'm here with Josh Bryant, managing attorney at Church General Council and an ordained pastor. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Law and Church. I'm here with Josh. What's hey up, Josh. man? How's it going, man? Man, it's going. Good. It's Christmas. It is Christmas. Oh, you're a little, you're, you're a little I'm overexcited. <laughs> It's like fourth cup of coffee today. Very <laughs> excited about Christmas. Very excited. So, That's awesome. Um, no, yeah, this is this has been a good year. It really has, and I'm I'm excited to uh, to you know kind of close out the year strong. We've got a lot of uh, a lot of good episodes this year. We have. It's been been fun getting into the podcasting world. Uh, you know, I've tried several times. I'm grateful to have somebody like you who can kind of uh, be be the expert in terms of uh, mastering and recording and well, all that easy jazz. Now. Easy. That's that's high praise. That's definitely unwarranted but i appreciate it thank well, you so much hey everybody go to goroguex.com by the way mm, thank you appreciate that. <laughs> well i will say i mean it, it has been fun and I'll, I'll say i mean just with the topics and stuff that we've covered uh on this podcast and the guests that you've had just even for 2019 has just been outstanding um i know that a lot of people are getting a lot of value out of this and so i'm really excited about what's happening in 2020 and so one of those things obviously we're going to be talking about today is three major legal issues that churches really have to watch out for in 2020 because the world is ever changing yep. and so um we definitely uh, appreciate your insight into this and kind of projecting this for 2020 and what uh what church leaders can uh, kind of kind of pay attention to yeah yeah there's all sorts of stuff changing all the time uh, and we certainly uh, certainly now don't live in a static society. So, um, it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, it's going to be an interesting year. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. I'm very excited to do that. Um, well, Hey, let's just, let's jump right into this. Let's so, do it, man. Um, so one of our first talk, talking points on this is obviously, you know, legal issues. I mean, churches mm-hmm. don't have any legal issues, right? Everybody loves the church and what they're doing and nobody has any problems ever with inside the church. I, I don't know why I even have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just basically sit around all that. Well, isn't it pastors, right? They only work one day a week, so well, why in the lawyers world? only work half day a week, so there I even got go. it better. <laughs> you just show up at the courthouse, you're good. That's but, it. That's it. Yeah, so I mean, obviously there there are humans involved yeah. in the church, and so we all make mistakes and we all have issues, and and uh, so you know, kind of jumping into that. So, what are kind of some of those first first off some of those legal issues that pe- uh, people need to pay attention to? Yeah, you know, the the first one that people need to pay attention to right now is pay and payroll. Um, and this is one, I, I'm kind of kicking myself for not jumping in on this a little bit earlier. We probably should have thrown this out there a while ago, but churches really need to get on this one as soon as possible. Uh, right now, the rule is that anyone makes anyone who makes less than $23,660 a year, they have to be paid on an hourly basis and they have to be paid overtime if they work more than 40 hours a week. Um, and that's for the most part, there are some exceptions, but that's generally the rule. Well, starting on January 1st, uh, which is what, eight days from now, uh, well, six days from the date that this actually goes live. Uh, but starting on January 1st, that number is going to go up to $35,568 per year or $684 a week. Don't ask me how they came up with those numbers. <laughs> it seems pretty specific. arbitrary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it seems pretty arbitrary to me, but $684 a week. 
church employees must be paid a salary of at least that amount, and they have to meet certain duties as well in order for you to classify them as uh, or classify that position as exempt uh, from overtime under the Fair Labor Standards Act. Uh, the Department of Labor estimates that more than a million workers are going to get a get a raise here in about a week. Mm. Uh, and I already know of some churches who are working through and making some of those necessary adjustments. And so it, it stands to to reason that there are certainly going to be some church workers who are fixing to get a raise and, and by law are going to get a raise. Uh, so we have to pay attention to that. Now, if you are in Alaska, California, or New York, you've already got higher salary requirements, and so that doesn't really apply. Uh, if you're in Washington State or Pennsylvania, you need to be paying attention because uh, your state legislatures are already considering higher uh, payroll levels. Uh, and so pay attention to those. But from a federal basis, it's this $684 a week that you have to make in order uh, uh, to pay somebody a salary and not have to worry about paying them overtime. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's something I don't think a lot of churches are paying attention to, so I think this is good for us to to obviously talk about. But um, now the duties test, that hasn't changed, has it? No, that hasn't changed under the new regulations. Uh, you know, for churches, you know, your executive staff, your your clergy staff, they're going to be exempt if uh, they make more than that $684 a week. And so you're talking about pastoral staff, your worship staff, your executive pastors. Uh, if they make more than that $684 a week, they're going to be exempt either under the executive exemption or under the professional exemption, which is um, uh, for pastors and uh, worship staff and lawyers and so forth and so on. Uh, there's an administrative exemption that can come into play sometimes. Um, you know, if you've got a like a chief administrative officer uh, or or something to that effect, and, you know, obviously that's going to be in a, uh, one of the larger churches in the country. But if you've got something like that, they could be exempt under that administrative uh, exemption. There's some computer uh employees that could be mm-hmm. exempt. Uh, it kind of depends on, you know, how much systems analysis work they're doing and uh, how much diagnostics they're doing. You know, if they're, uh, all they're doing is is installing computers and uploading, uh, you know, software to them or whatnot, that's probably not going to qualify. Uh, but if they're doing some pretty serious uh, troubleshooting and um, systems analysis and maybe even some programming and uh, building a computer and, and working to determine uh, with a user, you know, how much um, data they need, how much uh, memory they need, uh, you know, what kind of functionality they need, what kind of video card they need, so forth and so on. Those types of guys could be considered exempt. Um, but we've got to be real careful when we get to those duties tests. Uh, it can... There are really some cases, and I've been I've been on the phone uh, here recently with several churches who are walking through this. There are a lot of cases that are just real borderline, mm-hmm. uh, and we've got to get real specific. Now, there's nothing in the law that says we can't tailor our job descriptions to make somebody exempt under a duties test, uh, but we need to talk through how we do that. We need to talk through whether they supervise employees and have hiring and firing authority. We need to talk about how much independent judgment you are going to give that person. Um, and so we can craft some of those things, but we need to – be very careful in how we do it. It's, we, we can't just uh, treat it as you know throwing spaghetti on the wall to see what sticks. We've got to be very targeted in how we do that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, do we have any resources to maybe help some churches out with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you go to uh, thechurchlawgroup.com, take a look at the payroll and job classification practice area. Uh, we've got a, a kind of a uh, outline there 
of the Department of uh, Labor Regulations and how all of those are supposed to work. There's going to be a link in the show notes as well. But yeah, you can check that out on the website. Okay. Okay. That's great. Um, okay. So moving on to legal issue, legal issue number two for 2020 uh, bylaws. Now, I've, I've heard this before. You know, we're not going to stop harping on bylaws. <laughs> yes, uh, we're yes. going to harp on bylaws. And, you know, my new book, uh, Bylaws and Business Meetings, comes out in late spring uh, of 2020. Um, and, and it's really a timely book because our bylaws are foundational document. Uh, our bylaws can be motivating documents. Our bylaws can be uh, very protective type documents. Um, but right now, our bylaws aren't really doing that. Our bylaws are stuck in the 1960s. They were written primarily for businesses. Uh, our bylaws uh, oftentimes are just not followed. Uh, they reference Robert's Rules of Order. And Brian, I know you've been in my office and seen my copy of Robert's Rules of Order. Uh, and uh, if you were uh, on, on video here uh, and not on a podcast, I'd uh, you know show you how thick it is. But uh, it's about two and a half inches thick, seven point font, 700 some odd pages. Uh, and so churches who uh, say, yes, we follow Robert's Rules of Order, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Uh, you really don't follow Robert's Rules um, because it's, it's complicated. Uh, you know, and there are, there's an entire course and testing process that you go through to become a registered parliamentarian, which is somebody who is familiar enough with Robert's Rules of Order to run a business meeting. Uh, and so that's Kind of a little bit of a sidetrack. That's <laughs> that's that's free of charge right yeah, there. But but ultimately, we've got to get Robert's Rules of Order out of our bylaws. We've got to draft bylaws that point to the mission of the church. Right now, they don't, and because they don't point to the mission of the church, because people see them as irrelevant a lot of times, and pastors see them as irrelevant, more of an obstacle than than a tool. Um, a lot of times they're just sitting on a shelf gathering dust and nobody's really using them, pulling them out and making sure that we're following a good process mm -hmm. to make good decisions as a church. So uh, we really need to redraft those. Uh, it's important that we have good ones. Um, but yeah, bylaws is, is going to be a big deal. There's there's no, um, no reason to be afraid of your bylaws. Listen, I, I was recently uh, in, in preparation for uh, this book launching. I, I went ahead and just ran a search of cases in which a church was in court because of bylaw problems. Mm. 900 reported cases, okay? Now, the way reports work is they don't get reported until they get to a court of appeals or a Supreme Court in a state, sometimes at the federal district court level. So if there are 900 reported cases going to courts of appeal and Supreme Courts, how many unreported cases are there where the matter gets settled at the trial court, mm. where there are no published opinions? Uh, and, and so it's, this is a big deal. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of the studies I'm going to put out here probably first of the year is just trying to track the trend of the number of cases by year that have been reported. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out yeah. there, a, a bet <laughs> that that trend is upward. Yeah, uh, oh, It is not stagnant or downward, that there are more and more churches landing in court um, because of bylaw problems. So we've got to mm -hmm. get those under control. We've got to get those fixed. Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure we have some resources uh, for the bylaws. We do. And you don't actually have to go to the church law group to get them. Oh. We've got another website out there for you that's strictly devoted to bylaws. Go to churchbylawsbook.com. You'll see more there. There's a link in the show notes, but um, you know, eventually you'll be able to get the book there. You can go ahead and get a free chapter of the book. Uh, you'll be able to uh, download eventually a, a sample set of bylaws that I've drafted uh, based on the principles in that book. Uh, and so there's going to be a lot of good resources there. There'll be some webinars, be some other um, features there to help churches get their bylaws in order. 
Yeah, and I appreciate that you're doing that and putting that content together just to make it even easier to consume as well rather than having to read through all of the pages of that and decipher that for yourself, obviously. I mean, it's it's something that I've seen some of the content that you're putting together, and I think it's going to be great. So. You know, on, on bylaws, bylaws are the document that allow the church to act in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bylaws are, are how we make decisions and, and how we act and who has the authority to act on behalf of the church. When people read bylaws, they fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> now, what does that say? The document that gives you the ability to legally act in the United mm-hmm. States puts you to sleep. Yeah. We, we, we need to redraft those yeah, and make, make them a little bit more motivating. Absolutely. All right. So moving on to our third and final topic here for uh, churches to pay attention to in 2020, uh, politics. <laughs> Let's talk politics. You know, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, but yes, we do have to pay attention to politics. We're heading into an election season, um, and uh, really this could not be more timely uh, the president has been impeached, um, and I'm, I won't go into uh, you know the right wrongs and indifference of any of that. But um, the president's been impeached. We're heading into a, an election season, which it's going to be highly contested. It's going to be highly divisive, and you know we do have, still have on the books it, the Johnson Amendment is law. And if you don't know what the Johnson Amendment is, it was an amendment uh, that when LBJ was a congressman. Um, attached to the 501c3 law uh, that allowed for uh, exempt nonprofits uh, that didn't have to pay taxes. Uh, And it said, listen, we're going to let you not pay taxes so long as you don't endorse a political party or get involved with a political candidate. All right. Now, that's not saying you can't talk about political issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can talk about abortion. You can talk about immigration. You can talk about uh, social programs, welfare, all that stuff that you want to out of the Bible, but you can't tie it to a political party and you cannot tie it to a political candidate. Now, uh, and you certainly can't tell people how to vote. Now, there are going to be a lot of objections to what I've just said (laughs) because the president did sign a non-enforcement order when he first took office and said, he told the IRS, do not enforce the Johnson Amendment. Okay. All right. Yes, he did say that. Um, But listen, let's not lose sight of the forest for the trees in the church. Okay. Uh, Politics is divisive. All right, and I guarantee you, I don't care how conservative your church is, you have Democrats in your church, and I don't care how liberal your church is, you have conservatives in your yep, church. Yep, um, and for a pastor to get involved in politics is divisive within the church. All yep. right, and when you look at John 17 and what Jesus prayed uh, before he went to the cross was for his church to be one so that the world would know that the Father sent the Son. Mm-hmm. All right? So we've got to have unity in the church, and you're not going to have it, especially this election season when we're talking politics from the pulpit. Yeah. Um, so we've got to be careful there. That's, that's, that's an ethical issue. Uh, churches really cannot ethically engage in political conversations, not only because it's divisive within the church, but also because it is still the law. Just because the president says we're not going to enforce the law doesn't mean that it's not still law. Uh, and we are still bound by it, uh, and we need to we need to follow that law. Um, now, if you you're not giving up your First Amendment rights here, okay? Pastors can still talk politics, but just not from the pulpit, yeah, okay? Yeah. Stick to Scripture. That's where we really need to be. And listen again, we don't need to shy away from the truth of God's word. We need to preach God's word, um, and we need to t- preach the 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 issues that come up when we're preaching God's word because these political issues are. The Bible has things to say about them, mm-hmm. and it's okay for us to talk about those issues and preach God's Word. Uh, but we've got to be very careful in talking about a specific candidate or a specific party, um, and, and 
this is even more divisive now. I mean, just yesterday, uh, from when we're recording this, from when it goes live, it's been three or four days now. But uh, just yesterday, Christianity Today released an op-ed uh, calling for the president to be impeached. Um, now, again, I'm not going to get into the right or wrong of the substance of the article as to whether or not the president should actually be removed from office. But I will jump in and say now is not the time for Christians to talk about that yeah. um, because it's divisive. And, um, you know, everybody's going to have their opinions on on the impeachment process and whether the president should be removed from office or whether we should vote for him in, in 2020. Um, I have my opinions uh, on on the issue, and I'm sure you have your opinions on the issue. Um, but there are certain platforms where we don't need to talk about those opinions, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because the unity of the church is just simply more important. Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's flat out what it is. The unity in the church is simply more important. And already, I mean, just today reading some of the commentary that, that – uh, this Christianity Today article precipitated, you're already seeing divisions. We're yeah. already seeing people line up and they're chastising um, the, the author of the article and they're chastising Christianity Today and uh, they're they're you know, reaching out to Franklin Graham and, and Decision Magazine and other magazines and, and it, it's already just causing tensions. Mm-hmm. Now, when the world sees that in the church, what what does the world think about that? All right. Not seeing very much love. No, they're really not. Yeah. You know, and it's okay for us to disagree politically yeah. and still be one in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in order for us to be one in Christ, we can't excoriate one another. We can't beat each other up on Twitter or Facebook. Um, and when we start talking about politics from the pulpit and start talking about specific political candidates or specific political parties, we're going to get ourselves into a position where that's what's going to happen. We're going to start social media wars. And it just doesn't look good for the church. The church is not winsome yeah. when it looks like we're at war with one another. Yeah. And so um, let, let's my, my encouragement to the church leader uh, going into 2020 would be let's rise above that. Let's stay above the fray. Uh, and let's make sure that we are promoting unity within our church, not for the sake of you know warm, fuzzy feelings and sitting around a campfire singing kumbaya, but for the sake of the gospel, because that's what the gospel requires. Uh, that's what scripture requires is unity within the church. So yeah. that's what I'm praying for, and that's what I would encourage church leaders towards. Absolutely. And I I, I think it's uh, that, that's a great word because, again, all eyes are on, on the Christian community you know, right now, and I think that that's a big deal. And especially with myself dealing in the social media world and you know working with churches and stuff, Anytime you do any type of Facebook ads and you put you know anything out there, everyone has opinions about everything, mm-hmm. and Christians can be some of the meanest people to each other. Yeah. And um, you know we forget, oh hey, a non-believer has just as much access to this to see what's being all, you know the keyboard warriors out yep. there trying to talk through doctrine and talk through everything. It's like it's not really the time or the place for that, you know. And no one has ever, no one's mind has ever been changed because of a tweet somebody sent to you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And if nothing else, you know, I'm not going to sit here and call it sin for for us to talk politics, but let's exercise judgment. Yeah. Let's be yeah. prudent Absolutely. in how we do it, okay? We need to talk about these things. We need to be civically engaged and civically minded. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll even throw out political opinions on my personal, you know, social media channels every once in a while and, and speak into issues as they mm-hmm. come up. 
but let's do it with a little a little judgment, a little grace. Let's show one another, especially. Let's show one another a little bit of oh, grace. Absolutely. Um, and let's not create an environment in which that division can occur. And that's that's really, I think, the overarching issue is not creating that that tense, hostile environment within our yeah. churches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so Josh, you know, we've talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, how can the church law group help with some of these, help churches in these situations? So we've got some free resources in the show notes, so be, certainly be sure uh, and check those out. Uh, you know, we've also, we're working through these these bylaws issues, uh, and we are, you know, more than happy to help churches work through their bylaws and draft bylaws that are um, readable, that are motivating, and that can really launch your church into 20, uh, the 2020s. Uh, and but we're going to continue to really harp not only on bylaws but on policy and process, policy and process, policy and process, because policy and process lead to protection for your church. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, I did just alliterate that. Yes, I did take the the class in seminary that teaches you how to alliterate all three of your points. <laughs> um, so so we've got the three P's here: policy and process lead to protection. And we've got a course coming out uh, here real quick. We'll. Um, if we don't get it out by Monday, then we'll have it uh, up on the website and we'll push it out through social media. But we might be able to get it into the show notes as well if we can get that out. Um, but it specifically talks about that. It's just a video series. It'll take you less than an hour to go through. But it talks about policy, process, and protection and how um, – I mean, you're going to walk away with templates on how to draft policy um, so that you're not starting from scratch and you'll have a good template on how to do that. So uh, that's out there. Um We've got the Church Law Hotline for questions. Um, yes, take advantage of that. Man, I, I tell you, I sign up, and I'm a little discouraged by this, uh, but I do sign up for a whole lot of subscription stuff. You, you know, yeah, I pay the $9 a month to get that channel, and $9 a month to get that, or yeah. $15 a month to, to get, you know, well, Disney whatever. Plus is out now, yeah, you know, yeah, kids, you know. You have to have the you, noggin and all the stuff, too. you, you got to have Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu and... and you know, not to mention you know, the surprise box, whatnot. You get listen yeah. for eight dollars and forty nine cents a month. It's less than a couple of cups of coffee at mm-hmm. Starbucks or uh, your favorite coffee shop, whatever, um, and cheaper than most of those monthly subscriptions that we pay for. Yeah, you're going to have access by email or by telephone to a lawyer who does nothing but work with churches. Yeah, um, and who knows how churches operate. Has been a pastor. Uh, and, and has access to resources to help your church out. And we've literally this year helped hundreds of churches um, who just had a quick question yeah. uh, and needed somebody to consult. And so $8.49 a month to, to be able to you know get a 30-minute phone call and talk through an issue. That's huge. It's worth it. Yeah. I think it's completely worth it. So go check that out as well. Absolutely. All right. Hey, this has been a great episode. Um, any final thoughts that you have? You know, it's been a great year, great 2019, uh, and I just want us to have a better 2020, and that's going to continue to be the focus uh, for the year. We're going to focus on making churches better, uh, and we want to be better as well right alongside you. We want to make you better um, ministers uh, to the people who are in your congregations. We want to make you better leaders and elders and overseers and pastors in the church. Uh, So if we can help you with that, we want to have a better 2020 than we had a 2019, uh, and... uh, I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and hope you uh, and we'll be praying that uh, God will bless his church richly in 2020. Absolutely. 
All right. It's been another great episode. All the resources we talked about have mentioned, uh, they'll be in the show notes. So make sure you uh, jump over to uh, the website and then also go subscribe to the podcast as well. Uh, so that way you can make sure to get all of this awesome content moving into 2020 every single week. And uh, we would appreciate it if you shared it out as well. I mean, that helps obviously other church members, other church leaders um, get in the know. Absolutely. And make sure you go check out the church, uh, the Law and Church group on Facebook. We've got some free stuff out there that's uh, going to be exclusive to members of that group. So just go search Law and Church group on Facebook. All right. Hey, have a happy new year. Thanks, everybody. Charles. Thank yeah. you.